Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing... And I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Despite record-breaking demand for electricity, the state was able to avoid rolling blackouts yesterday. The California Independent System Operator, which oversees the state's power grid, issued a Stage 3 power alert, the final step before calling for rolling blackouts. But by 8 last night, officials said conditions had improved, in large part due to conservation efforts by Californians. According to the Cal ISO, peak electricity demand hit more than 52,000 megawatts, shattering the previous high set in 2006. With the heat wave continuing across the state, regulators have already issued another flex alert for later today, asking Californians to conserve energy between 4 and 9 p.m. This painful heat wave continues to smash records across the state. In Santa Rosa, the high was 115 yesterday. Sacramento broke a nearly 100-year record after temperatures reached 116 degrees. And in Vacaville, they climbed to 113. KQED's Laura Clivens has more. The heat was enough to slow BART trains, as engineers worried the trains moving at full speed could warp the tracks. UCLA climate scientist Daniel Swain says the intensity and duration of heat waves like this are clearly linked to climate change. It is so universally the case that climate change has increased the frequency and severity of heat waves essentially everywhere. He says global warming driven by humans burning fossil fuels has changed the state's climate and caused temperatures to rise an additional three to five degrees Fahrenheit on average during heat waves. In many cases, it's the difference between record-breaking heat and non-record-breaking heat. Extreme heat can kill, but these deaths are largely preventable. Drink lots of water, check on neighbors, and take cool baths and showers. Watch out for hot, dry skin, high body temperatures, or throbbing headaches, signs of heat stroke. Cool off and get medical attention immediately. Signs of the less serious heat exhaustion are heavy sweating, cramps, and dizziness. In this case, find a way to cool down. Temperatures are forecasted to fall by Friday or Saturday. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. While cities across the state continue to break heat records this week, there are a few places that are still comfortable, if not downright cool. KQED's Amanda Stupai has more. I'm Jolene Capps, and I work at Redwood Coast Cabins RV Resort. And what is the weather like there? The weather is uh, really nice here, actually. It's around 65 to 70 right now. Cap says that's pretty warm for Eureka, which is usually about 50 to 60 degrees this time of year. 
When I asked Robbie Monroe with the National Weather Service where in the state Californians could go to get cool, he said, The closer to the coast you can get, the better, especially as you head into Northern California, where we see uh, temperatures thanks to that marine influence or marine layer with uh, temperatures only in the 60s. Back at the cabins, Cap says it's normal for the resort to be busy around Labor Day. But several factors like loosening of COVID restrictions and, yes, people escaping the heat, are making this year extra busy. We've actually had more guests than we have space for. We've had to open up several of our um, common areas for uh, camping and some of our private spaces. Uh, As a manager that lives on site, I've had to open up my yard (laughs) um, for people coming in because there is literally within like 200 miles in any direction, there's nowhere for anybody to go. So she says don't head up north without a reservation or a sweater. The thing that I hear the most is um, I can't wait uh, to take this weather back with me, which is not a thing. (laughs) I doubt that it follows them every single time, but they're hopeful. For the California Report, I'm Amanda Stupai. Starting this week, lots of people in Southern California are dealing with big new water restrictions. The California Report's Saul Gonzalez explains. Four million customers of Southern California's Metropolitan Water District are being asked to stop all outdoor watering for two weeks. The MWD says that's necessary so that a broken pipeline that carries water from the Colorado River to the region can be repaired. The outdoor watering restrictions cover a huge geographic area, from Pomona and Pasadena to the east, to Long Beach and Malibu to the west. Many fear a two-week-long ban on outdoor watering will kill plants and trees already under stress from the drought and current water restrictions. Officials recommend that the public capture shower and bath water for limited outdoor hand-watering of plants. For the California Report, I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The hot weather across the state has brought added concerns about wildfires sparking. And a pair of fires that are burning in the Inland Empire in Southern California are now forcing residents to flee their homes. The relentless heat wave hasn't helped firefighters in their efforts to stop the flames from spreading. KCRW's Kaylee Wells has the details. The Radford fire is threatening parts of the vacation town of Big Bear. It's burning at the top of the nearby ski resort where the lack of roads and rough terrain have limited most of the fight to plane and helicopter drops. It's also closed Highway 38, shutting off one of the three main routes in and out of Big Bear. That's why resident Patrice Duncan didn't want to wait any longer. To just pray that we don't we don't become another paradise right now. I am um, I've seen too many just horror stories of people being stuck trying to evacuate, waiting too long to evacuate. And I just didn't want to make the news that way. About 60 miles away, crews are battling the Fairview fire in Hemet as firefighting resources are stretched thin. The causes of both fires are unknown, but SoCal Edison reported circuit activity near Hemet close to the time the fire sparked there. For the California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Los Angeles. President Joe Biden came out in favor of a California bill that Governor Gavin Newsom has said he's not ready to sign in its current form. KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports the bill aims to make it easier for farm workers to choose whether to unionize, including by mail-in ballots without fear of reprisal. California has the most farm workers, and in his statement, Biden said that, quote, the least we owe them is an easier path to make a free and fair choice to organize a union. Here's the bill's author, Assemblymember Mark Stone from Monterey Bay. I think the president's message underscores how important this policy is, not just for California, but for farm workers across the country. 
But Stone doesn't know if Biden's support will give the bill a better shot with Newsom. The governor's office says the administration can't support, quote, an untested mail-in election process that lacks critical provisions to protect the integrity of union elections. Farm workers say a big problem is that those elections usually happen at their work sites, with supervisors watching. Agricultural laborers are excluded from federal laws that protect other employees from retaliation if they organize or join a union. For the California Report, I'm Farida Jabala Romero. During the pandemic, some cities in L.A. County have banned rent hikes, but tenants are still getting demands to pay more. In many cases, whether they can fight those rent hikes depends on where they live. KPCC's David Wagner brings us the tale of two cities. Brian Cunha's apartment in West Hollywood is cozy, just enough room for him and his dog. It's a small studio. Like, I can lay in bed and fry an egg at the same time. Space is tight and there's construction noise next door, so we head to a nearby park to talk about the time he fought a $350 rent hike and won. I've lost so many friends in West Hollywood that have had to leave because they couldn't afford the rent. So I felt like if I stood up to this that maybe in a small way I could make a difference. Cunha moved to his new place in June 2020, right as the pandemic was hollowing out L.A. Everyone was leaving. I got here, there was all moving trucks, long-term tenants were leaving the building. Everyone was scared at that point. No one wanted to live in a city. Cunha negotiated his rent down to $15.50 per month. But when his lease came up for renewal, his landlord said he'd have to start paying $1,900, an increase of almost 23%. And I objected to it. I told him that it's not legal. I would not have moved in had I known that was going to be the rent. The landlord said, take a look at your lease. There's a clause in there saying the rent you've been paying was temporarily reduced. And now we're taking away the discount. Hoping to resolve the dispute, Cunha contacted the city. It all led up to a public hearing before West Hollywood's Rent Stabilization Commission. Madam Secretary, do we have a representative for the tenant and the landlord? The landlord's representative laid out their case, Cunha laid out his, and the city sided with Cunha, saying the rent he'd always paid should determine increases moving forward, not a lease saying his actual rent was much higher. Jonathan Holub is West Hollywood's rent stabilization manager. What the landlord was trying to do by increasing the rent subsequent to the initiation of the tenancy is not permitted under the existing law because it's essentially an illegal rent increase. Holub says landlords won't get around the city's ban on rent hikes during the pandemic by writing creative leases. They can't then just decide they're going to raise it at some future point. It completely undermines the purpose behind rent stabilization. When the decision came down, Cunha says he felt... Vindicated? Yeah, it was, it was a very, very stressful year. Cunha was lucky to live in West Hollywood, a city founded in 1984 when LGBT residents, seniors, and tenants banded together to push for stronger rent controls. If he lived a few blocks away in the city of L.A., he would have lost. Unfortunately, there's no consistency as to how various cities or governmental agencies are handling these types of issues. Trinidad Ocampo is an attorney with Neighborhood Legal Services of L.A. County. She says despite rent freezes, many tenants are still getting rent hikes. Depending on the details, some cities might stop those increases while others allow them. Through the pandemic, certain jurisdictions have imposed greater protections. I recently covered a story in Koreatown where tenants face the same kind of rent hike as Brian Cunha. West Hollywood bans the practice, but the city of L.A. says it's legal. The city attorney's office pointed to a section in the city's rent control law saying landlords can offer temporary discounts. 
And City Council President Nuri Martinez deferred to L.A.'s Housing Department, which says landlords can raise rents based on the fine print written into leases, even when tenants never knew they were getting a discount. Inconsistent enforcement isn't just confusing. UCLA Assistant Professor Catherine Leifite says it can be harmful to health. We know that when pregnant moms get evicted, they're more likely to give birth to babies that are low birth weight or preterm. Leifite does epidemiological research on the links between housing and health. We know that when kids get evicted, they're more likely to go food insecure and have developmental issues and problems concentrating in school. After receiving a 17% rent hike in her own apartment in Santa Monica, Leifite decided to do some digging. She found that increase was way over the city's limit. She wanted to help other tenants figure out the rules where they live. So she created an online map showing allowable increases across L.A. It's complicated. You look at the map and it's this crazy patchwork all over the county. Lifeite says if tenants don't know their rights, they may end up agreeing to illegal rent hikes. Some may even lose their housing. She says expecting tenants to figure it all out for themselves is not a good system. For The California Report, I'm David Wagner in Los Angeles. Support for The California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, where their greatest reward is a healthy patient. Paint Care, now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, September 7th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.